It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Whoa, whoa, whoa now. It's just Hank Hudson, your neighbor, checking in on you. Does Hank Hudson know how to knock? It wasn't latched. Come on now. Put away the piece, lady. Get out. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. Look, I forgot. You're new. My, my bad. See? Hands in the air. I live next door and wanted to bring you a welcome gift basket. See? Outside the door there. Toiletries. Feminine stuff. I'll just kick them inside like that. See? No harm intended. Didn't mean to startle you. Next time you visit, you will knock first and wait for the permission to enter. Sure. Sure thing, lady. I'm just here to check in on the doll in her new dollhouse. Make sure she's got everything she need. Yes. Now you can leave. Without even a thank you? Come on. That's not how you were raised, is it? Thank you. You know you're not allowed to have guns in here, right? I could get you in a heap of trouble if I told the tags about it. And I could punch a hole through your forehead and say you attacked me. Fair enough. Listen, my name's Hank. I help build your house here. My name is Barbara. <laughs> really? Why is that funny? Barbara. You don't look like a Barbara. What does a Barbara look like? You know, it's like when you call tech support. You know you're going to Bombay or Nagasaki or somewhere, and the guy picks up, says, My name is Joe. And you know he ain't no Joe. He's like a Gunga or a Haji or something. What a great story. Yes, Barbara is my name. I'm sorry the Barbaras you are used to do not look like me. Come to think of it, so am I. Look at you, you're what? Five one soaking wet? How'd you ever survive out there all that time by your lonesome? I got a 12-year-old boy bigger than you. Has your boy ever gutted another human being in his sleep? Can't say he has, thank the Lord. Then that would be the difference between him and me. I will tell you something very important, Hank. I survived out there for so long because I do not trust anyone. I do not expect to be trusted. Consider me as one of your feral-bound cats. You are a spicy little pocket rocket, aren't you? Well, here's something real important you need to know. Everybody here needs something. When they need, I provide. I got a system here that keeps the gears greased. I will keep that in mind. It's a holistic service. Everything and everyone is connected, you know. If something you have is something someone needs, I'll make that happen and make it worth your while to help. If you don't play ball, you mess up the system, and it can't be holistic anymore. That means when you need something, be it medicine or something extra for that woman's monthly thing, you pay a higher price for it. It's like a members-only club. Oh, you're the pimp David was talking about. <sighs> David. He should be careful casting dispersions, considering. I'm just a trader and a matchmaker. 
His tags can't or won't provide everything for everybody, so free enterprise must take up the vacuum. Ask him how he spends his long, lonely nights on the roof. I don't need anything, except for you to back away and head out the door. Everyone needs something. Just remember that. As this goes on, you and me could be good friends. Barb, you awake? Oh, hello, Hank. I thought I heard you bleating in here. Your sales pitch over yet? Well, hello, Constable. I was just getting to know Barbara here. She's cute. You know, a lot of the guys were talking about her the other day. She fits a whole lot of tastes. Could warm a whole lot of hearts. You know, when you talk like this, I want to jam a metal spike in your chest. She's real brave, too, Constable, with an illegal pistol pointed at my chest. A foot or so lower, actually. Newbie mistake, Hank. I'll deal with that. Don't make me point out some of the things you've got hidden around here. You don't want Joshua involved in all this, do you? Be a manch. And while you're giving her the ins and outs, let her know how things work for real, not the new co-worker handbook you people use. Come on, Hank. I'm waiting to hear the diabolical threat before you go. You know, the one where you say something like, You'll come crawling to me, or you'll rue the day. Why point out the obvious? It's all holistic, Dave. It all comes together one way or another, like it or not. Yeah. Out you go, Dr. Keezy. Well, that went well. Yes, we actually have our own cartoon redneck pimp here in the village. And he is my neighbor. Excellent. Looky here. Hand and body lotion? Shampoo? Good stuff, too. Wow, and scented soaps. Nice. Did he tell you the exchange rate on this contraband? And is there a reason you're still pointing the gun at the door? Yes, he's standing on the other side. Hey, Hank, start walking before an accident happens, okay? And that's it for Hank this month. Y'all come back now, here. Write it off, Hank. Sorry about that. Are you his mother? Do I look like a Grendel? Then don't be. It does not surprise me that people like this exist. <sighs> I'm just surprised people like you let him infest this place. People think they can get away with breaking some laws. They feel better about obeying the bigger laws that keep them under control. Like it or not, that's how the system has to work. Not that I like it. Indeed. Is it possible I could have a moment to change and attempt some sort of hygiene before I have another conversation? Yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask the last time you had eggs for breakfast. Eggs? Real eggs? Yeah. So, if you don't mind dining with a budding fascist, I'll wait for you outside. Shrug Mountain, 177 days sober and 53 days under siege. Or rather, the other way around. Um, sorry, I ain't taking my pills yet. One of the worst things I gotta deal with living up here, looking out over God's greatest nook and cranny, 
I said, it's so damn normal looking. And remember last fall when everything was all smoky and smoldering? Everything was gray and black and smelled like a fire at the old stables. But now it's spring and, hell, it looks like we could just open up all the doors, go running outside, maybe go fishing or drive over to Ruby D's for lunch. But, uh, yeah, we can't do that. I just took a walk around the compound, and by the time I reached the interior fence, there were a whole bunch of recently defrosted meat fiends awaiting for me. Who knows how many of them are out there now? How many survived the winter? Now, look, I know you kids out there are all ready to hit the road and mount that counteroffensive you've been fantasizing about since the first snow last year, but keep something in mind. They all survived months of sub-zero temperatures and no food, and now they're back on the hunt. So be careful, all right? Now, that goes for you folks down at HG World and all you up at the First Church of Wishwell. Everyone in your pillboxes and your safe houses, within the sound of my voice, be prepared. There's a lot more of them now than there are of us. All right? Food for thought over powdered eggs and jerky this morning. This is Todd Rage, WRAG Radio. Hello? Good morning, Doreen. Did I wake you? Who is this? I'm waiting for you in the graveyard, outside your window. And I brought guests. Thomas? I brought your boy. And your husband. I brought them back from hell. And we're coming for you. Aaron. You can't. You can't be. Oh, I've missed you, Doreen. You felt so good. I can't wait to take you home with me and share you with my friends. You're not real. You're not real. You're not real. dream. Oh my god, Aaron. I... I... What? The window isn't broken. You're here. There's no one in the graveyard. No, Mom. Bad dream. Okay. Uh, Okay. Doreen? Are you alright? Doreen? Oh. Aaron, is your mother... Third time this week, Pastor. Good morning, Doug. I'm okay. Sorry about that. Not at all, Doreen. I was just concerned, is all. Thanks. I'm fine. I'll believe that a little easier when you stop shaking. It's okay, Mom. I know. This long winter, cooped up in this place. (laughs) I feel like Jack Torrance in this place. What are you staring at out that window, Doreen? I don't know. I keep expecting to see someone working or 
walking other people. I know. It does tend to get lonely up here with just the six of us. I'm sure my old stories don't age well. But spring is coming. Maybe we could follow Mr. Fisher and his group wherever they ended up. Maybe now they'll bring others back here to rescue us. I wouldn't put too much faith in that, Aaron. I have some good news. We received a gift in the night from our young hunter-gatherers. Micah was out walking the fence and found a basket of supplies. Not much, but there were fresh eggs, batteries, light bulbs. I can go to the basement now. Eggs? Where in the world did they get eggs? I never fail to be surprised at the ingenuity or generosity of Mr. Hicks and Miss Ronnie. What? What was that? Get the rifles. Aaron, get down to the pantry. You know the drill. Wait, Mom, it's... Go! Now! Do as she says, boy. Get to your radio and tell us what you see on the cameras. You're our eyes outside. Shit! Michael, who's walking the property? Diane, I think. What is it? Oh my god. Can't be. What is it? Where are you going, Doreen? Lord above us, dust below us. Pastor, let us in. Please, we got sick folk in here. The ears are coming up the road. Come on, we can't let them die out there. Michael, get chancy and come on. And I think the children's passion play was just adorable. Little Zeke is Jesus playing with his lightsaber on the stage. Oh, my. And oh, my squared. Pardon me, my friends. We have a celebrity guest in our midst. Good morning, dear. Hello again. Good morning, Barbara. David, welcome to our humble dining room. It's a little like Atlantic City, isn't it? Thank you. Is this a little small to feed everyone? It would be. But this is the employee commissary. The general population is fed in the town center or out in the fields. Oh, then I should... uh... No, no, do not even think of it. Come and join us. We'll even tolerate Constable David to share your company. Miss Jens, please. A plate for Barbara? Thank you. Thank you. Is that coffee, toast, butter? It all looks so wonderful. Preserving a bit of civilization, we call it. Even if our civilization was salvaged from an international house of flapjacks, the butter isn't real. Uh, Though we came close to capturing a stray cow wandering Main Street. (laughs) Unfortunately, the eaters forced us to give up the hunt, as it were. I discipline myself to not dwell on my hunger. But this sets me back several months. I think I could eat every one of your plates. Does everyone eat this well here? Not really, no. But we have six excellent chefs who provide healthy meals for everyone who works. But isn't everyone who works an employee? Barbara, have you met the management of HG World? I know you know Ruby and Jack from yesterday. Oh, heavens, David. I was so excited I completely failed my duties. Barbara, please meet the assistant for team resources, Jenny Jo. It's so exciting to meet you, Barbara. And her assistant, Regina Stiles. Yes, uh, we met briefly yesterday. Good morning. 
The severe, serious-looking fellow at the end of the table is our facility manager, the head of the management team. Now, instead of my usual babble, would you mind if we ask you some of the questions that have been nibbling at us since your arrival? Of course not. I'm afraid I'm not the world news service, but I'll try. Of course, my dear. I think the one question everyone has been asking is the most obvious. How did you survive? I was expecting the easier question. What is it like out there? Uh, I don't know. I think because I had excellent partners around me for a long time and good shelter and great fortune. But after Kenneth was killed day by day, I used what I learned. I wish the others had lived to see this place. All James and Doby would talk about on the road were these huge pancakes breakfast at the all-night dinner near college. Oh dear, not again. What was that? The manager is going to check on things. Not to worry. We seem to be having issues with the power dropping out from time to time. How is it you still have power after all this time? The Forsyth River runs across a conveniently located hydroelectric plant. And we happen to have a new and strong connection to it. In theory, even if the power grid fails elsewhere, there's enough power from the river flow to keep our lights on for, well, a long time. Except it's flickering. From time to time. I imagine it's difficult to keep everything in top shape, what with only 12 men working there now. What did you eat out there, Barbara? I'm afraid that conversation might put us off our breakfast. Let's leave the questions for later, when our tum-tums are happy, shall we? Psst! Psst! Greg! Greg with three G's! You awake? Hey, dickface! Wake the fuck up! Hmm. Are we still in the bathroom? Yes. And it's still dark? can't tell. Can't see. And my hands are tied. Yours too? Okay. You seem so calm. Yeah, well... Mm -hmm. Did you see anything before they threw that bag over your head? Yeah. A bright light, the back of your shirt, and your face stretching like bubblegum when somebody popped you. I didn't see who that was. I heard two, maybe three voices. One just kept saying shut up over and over. One of them grabbed my boob. That might have been me. Sorry. I was trying to keep upright. So you didn't make out any furniture? Signage? Just your flabby ass taking it to the face. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I get for taking point. Okay. So they'll send a few constables down. Scold us for trespassing. We can just tell them we were down here looking for a good place to snog. Snog? I don't think even these nitwits would believe someone like me would snog. Oh, sorry. Turn a trick? Would that be more apropos? Jesus. Are you two married? Who are you? How long have you been here? I slipped in right before you two woke up. Kara Hash, right? And Greg Holtzapple? Who wants to know? Dude, I already know. I had a constable ID you while you slept last night. How long have we been down here? Eh, Long enough for Greg to wet himself. Oh, is that what I smell? Uncool. 
So, you trespassed into a restricted area. How'd you get down here? I kicked through a worker's jacket and found the combination to the door. And I heard her mumble it to herself. She talks to herself, you know. Dick. So you came down here, why? Curiosity. Boredom. I mean, we hear how hard you guys work down here. And I was really, honestly, looking for someone named Sterno. Sterno? Yeah, he works down here. Like all the time, it seems. His neighbors say he's always down here. And what compelled you to start asking his neighbors about him? I hear he's from Plymouth Meeting, out east. Oh, and I guess that's where you're from. Wouldn't you know that if you had the guys upstairs ideas? Not a fan of cliches myself, Mr. Holtzapple, but you know what they say about curiosity and cats, right? Yeah. If you put it in a box with plutonium, you can never really know if it's dead or not. Really? I mean, I've been up there all winter with people I don't know. I heard from Regina, that girl who talks like Oprah, that it's good to connect with people from your old neighborhood. So there you go. You can't go wrong with Oprah. Huh. So, no luck in finding out who you are or why we're getting the Abu Ghraim treatment, huh? Oh, I'm Paul. Mom named me after her favorite beetle. I'm the most handsome man in the universe, so much so that if I dared show either of you my pretty face, you'd fall in love with me. Ooh, can't wait to get a look at that. Well, that's awesome. And I'm guessing since we've been stuck here all night and you've bound us up like this, we're in pretty deep shit, aren't we, Mr. Paul Handsome? You are that, sir. But it seems you didn't really see anything down here, and that might make things easier on you. Mm, I'm not sure what we weren't supposed to see, but I was a production assistant on the first two seasons of Dirty Jobs. I spent two hours fishing through sewage to find Mike Rose Timex. I think I can stomach the work you do down here. Kara, I don't think he's protecting your delicate tummy. FEMA, DHS, restricted area. These are not handyman knots and twine. I don't have somebody's sweaty t-shirt over my head. You're a smart talker, Mr. Holtzapple. Must have been your time covering the uprising in Iran. More that week you spent guest of the Taliban in the Hellman province. Huh? So the whole cover story about me doinking little Miss Anchorwoman isn't gonna fly, is it, Mr. Handsome? Well, it's not a tough story to believe. For you. I don't think you're her type. <laughs> Got that right. I mean, one aborted marriage followed by a two-year engagement that ended badly. All right, who the fuck are you? Kara, he's not someone you really want to be raising your voice to right now. I'm even more concerned about that guy who's been sitting beside him not saying a word. <laughs> awesome. Not bad, but after every response we make, I can hear a slight nasal exhale. And Wooden Stool Creek, too. Oh, yep, there it is. I can't hear anything. Because you're trained to focus on what looks good. You've never spent extended time among hostiles who keep you in the dark. They feed you with rifle barrels and they punch you in the nuts as a wake-up call and- So, kids, what have you learned? What? What have we learned? Oh, make this good, Kara. What the hell are you talking about? Not too sharp, is she, Greg? Fuck you! And fuck Silent Bob over there! Calm down, Kara, please. Just calm down. And fuck you, Geraldo Rivera, and your Al Capone's vault. Okay. What's that? An attention grabber. Kind of like when you throw out a word to bring the meeting back to order. Like order? Or banana. But I'm a product of the 1990s business market. So, here's the banana. Are we focused? Okay. Well, here's where we break it down. If I have to bring us back to the meeting again, this banana is going straight up someone's ass. And it ain't gonna be me or Silent Bob. Can it be Greg's?
You're back. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, Mrs. Garrison. Looks like your boy Aaron shut up a run or two since we last met. Put on some muscle, too. Mom, this is the bus they took when they... Yes, I know. Let's focus on the people inside there. How many are there? Just six. And four of them we picked up on the way. Well, Reverend D, it looks like God picked a place for old Bessie here to give up the ghost. I wasn't sure she'd make it up the mountain. Those eaters were walking faster than she was climbing. I, uh... Poor Michael. He was such a good boy. He didn't deserve to go this way. Why did you come back, Mr. Fisher? Missed your flight? Mrs. G, try to understand. I didn't want to come back here. Well, you're here. You look like you could use a meal and a shower. I think these poor bastards needed more than me. Of the 25 people you took on your trip... You come back with just two. And four others. If not for those guys, we... Well, we're just lucky we all found each other. And I think you'll find them very helpful here. This one's a whiz with tools. That guy there, he's the reason the bus made it back in one piece. That lady there, that's Sophia. I've seen her bring people back from the dead. In a good way, I mean. And what about Mrs. Green? Mr. Sandusky? By all that shines, look at this vehicle. You can't tell where the blood smears end and the oil burns begin. Bullet holes and dents, razor wire. You had one hell of a journey, Mr. Fisher. Mr. Fisher, what's the matter? I didn't expect to find you here. I was sure you were all dead by now. I am so sorry. I was so wrong. All those people. Mr. Fisher! I should have listened. I should have listened to you both. Please tell me God won't forgive me. Please. Mr. Fisher, right now, let's get you and your friends inside. We have Mary Lane making some breakfast. I'm sure we can rustle up some more, spread it around. Mom! Reverend! There's nothing on this bus. No guns, no ammo, no food, nothing. This was our last push. We got nothing. I figured if we were going to go out, we'd go out on the mountaintop. Come on, Mr. Fisher. Let's get you inside, how about? I am so sorry, Mrs. G. I know we could have been more help to you and your boy. Maybe helped find your husband. Right, let's make like Pastor Dawkins says, Mr. Fisher. Let's get inside. I'll say that God does not play craps with the universe. Your arrival here in this smoking hunk of steel might mean he's giving you your second chance. Perhaps. Let's clean the dirt off Mr. Fisher first and see what's underneath.
I'm worried, Hicks. We saw ten eaters on the way here. That's eight more than yesterday. It's spring. They're thawing out, which is something we expected. Shut up. You shut up. No, look over there in the trees. I see it. Keep a hand on that colt. Who go there? Oh, great. It's crazy Joe. Ooh. Looks at me like I'm a steak. I say, who go there? Relax. At least he doesn't try and eat you. Hey, Joe! It's Hicks. Hicks? Yeah, it's okay. It's quite a collection of, uh, ears you got around your neck. You out hunting? You on my land, boy. My land is what you on. I didn't think your land came down this far, Joe. It do. I annex this land in the name of Sandra D. I call it Sandra Deesburg. Oh, that's nice. Sorry, Joe. You should put up signs. Here's a wedding present. A wedding present it be. A wedding present? Uh, huh. What's he talking about? Sandy's... Shh! Wow. Congratulations, man. You and Ronnie coming to the wedding? When is it? Next full moon, four nights out. Dogberry's gonna be my best man. We're gonna do it right round here in that big open field with the strawberry patches. Sandra D. loves strawberries. Uh, that's great, Joe. You coming to the wedding or no? It's gonna be a big old dress-up affair. Grilling up some bobcat and snorting some of tub shine. Sounds like a real hoot, nanny. Tell you what, I've got a keg of spring ale ready to be tapped back at camp. I'll make sure you get a case or two once I get it all bottled up, okay? Consider it a wedding present. That sounds mighty fine, boy. You a good boy. If you keep him happy, Ronnie, he a good man. That's right. Keep walking downwind. Jeez. He's unhinged. Ugh, I can't stand him. He makes Dogberry seem normal. He reminds me of Hagrid, with a massive hangover. But he's like a Terminator with those eaters around here. Because he smells like he's already dead. And what the hell's up with him getting married? Oh, he's had a crush on Sandra D at the diner ever since that big party in Wishwell. Remember she got drunk and asked him to dance? Ew. Yes, but... Ugh. Do you think we should head up there? Yeah. We've got to get this meeting out of the way first. I don't trust that, man. Look, I don't like Hank, but he's our only contact in the HG world and we need supplies. I know. I gave you a list. I know. I have it. You just be careful. If you don't come back, I'm stuck here till Joe finds me, or... Uh, just come back. How are you, son? Oh, hey, Pastor Dawkins. Glad to be here. Well, we're pleased to have you. Pastor? Yes? Is this place safe? As safe as any place can be. I will admit I've not seen the eaters so aggressive. We'll have to keep a closer eye on how they approach the fences. But the steep slopes and the river bend at the base of the mountain act as a moat and wall. We're mindful of the access roads. 
I'm sorry about that boy out there. Michael, you called him? Yes. It is a shame. We'll lay him to rest this evening. I hope you'll join us. Least I can do. I feel terrible he died helping save us. We lost so many people getting here. What's your name, boy? Reg. Call me Reg. Where you from, Reg? Harrisburg. That's where I met Fish and his people. I told them the flight they were looking for had come and gone, but I think they were so locked on getting out, they had to see it for themselves. So there was a flight? About a week before it was scheduled, a C-130 flew into Middletown just downriver, loaded up with whatever the National Guard had left in the warehouses, took on like 10 to 12 people and hauled out of there. That was it. People started showing up for the last plane out. No crowd control. It was a bloodbath. Some local cartel tried to put down a riot, but between them, the eaters, and the crazy people, it was just a big pile of meat by the time the flight was supposed to arrive. Fish and his buses showed up in Camp Hill about a week after that. How many were with him then? Like 20. They'd picked up some refugees along the way. They buried two at the Peace Church the day before. How did you meet up with them? Hey, anytime someone rolls up in a bus or a tank or a Hummer, I like to keep my eyes on them. I was a scavenger, could barely make toast before the eaters showed up and closed down all the sheets and wise markets. So I agreed to take them to the airport if they fed me. They did, I did, and it was like fish came down Christmas morning and there was nothing under the tree. He had everybody wait there two days, living among the rot and the eaters. Bad days, man. I understand bad days, son. Did you eat? Yes, sir. Thanks. Keep an eye on fish, Padre. He's taken the blame for all those people we buried. Ever since we started north, he's had the look of a man about to wander into the woods. He's a good man. Really, he is. Thank you, Reg. We look after each other here. Now go on, get some rest. Can I join you, Mr. Fisher? Hope you ain't come to rub my nose in it. No. I had some French onion soup, and I remember how much you liked it. Oh, my. That smells so good. Did everyone else eat? Yes. Most were already passed out in the common room. What happened out there? What you all said would happen. They picked us off one by one. Eaters, bandits, militiamen, crazies. Then the winter hit us hard before we got to the airport. Missed out by two weeks. I had no plan after that. I really thought that's where God wanted me to take those folks. Saddest thing? Only five of the people who left here last fall made it to the airport. The rest were young folks and stragglers we picked up along the way. Lost the bus before we got down I-80. Lost the other in Harrisburg. Along with all but seven plus two we buried back in Lewistown. I'm sorry, Mr. Fisher. That ain't the worst of it, Doreen. You gotta know. Since spring thaw, we've been on the run. And hard. Those things not only made it through the cold and the snow and the lack of food, they are meaner now. Stronger. Maybe even a little smarter for the experience. And they're coming. They're coming for us, Doreen. And we gotta be ready. We've got to be ready. Survivors. Todd Rage on the radio once 
again with a little less fight and a lot more spark. Friends, I... Ugh, I am getting way too old for this shit. Spent the morning with Hunter and Gordo sniffing out the rotters and the slumps between my place and the access road. I hate spring. My back is killing me, and I gotta go check on the damn game traps. Kill for a tube of back cream and... Wait, wait a second, folks. Alright, alright, turn your eyes to the west on, on top of the mountain. Son of a bitch, somebody just shot a bottle rocket up into the western sky. Holy holly, kids, that's one of the fire tower flares. Could be we got us another survivor. Alright, I'm gonna take a break and see what I can see. So hang with me, and let's see who we got in that there tower. This episode was written and directed by Jay Smith, produced and edited by Michael L. Stokes, with production assistance by Carol Stokes, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard, Martha Linbo Terrar, and Dustin Shanafelter. Production logo and additional art by Adriana Linbo Terrar. This show was edited with Reaper, with some sound effects from freesound.org. For a full list of Freesound contributors, please visit us at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com. Jonathan Colton appears courtesy of the Creative Commons license. Visit jonathancolton.com for music downloads and concert information. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. www.goodmorningsurvivors.com There are many things that we can all do that may help stop the spread of the coronavirus. But one thing we can all do is to have a plan in case you do get sick. First, consult with your health care provider for more information about monitoring your health for symptoms suggestive of COVID-19. Second, stay in touch with others by phone or email. You may need to ask for help from friends, family, neighbors, community health workers, or more if you become sick. And finally, determine who can care for you if your caregiver gets sick. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.